Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. So welcome. This is the Unbuckled Podcast. I am Christiane Bella, your hostess with the mostest, and I have a glorious panel with me here today of divine goddesses, and we are going to talk all about Polly. So we have Jasmine Hart, who is a Tantra teacher. We have Mimi Radiance, who is a healer, a sound healer, artist, uh, and an all-around um, amazing being, and Taylor Mirror, who is an astrologer and a um, also a healer and just truly truly powerful women in this in this circle that I am so grateful for and we have all uh, explored polyamory or some version of ethical non-monogamy and open relating in one form or another and I thought it would just be a great way because I feel like for me personally I I definitely was raised with this idea of like women are your competition and women are catty and jealous and um and my experience with Polly was initially colored by that and you know it's shifted so much as i've stepped into my own divine feminine power um and i see other women as allies and as soul sisters and as um compatriots in, in this quest to untangle this idea of like scarcity around love and relationships um and so I thought it would be a great way to talk about this because a question I almost always get asked when I tell somebody that I have an open marriage is like, you let him do that. Aren't you worried some other woman is going to steal him away? And I'm just like, no, <laughs> um, but I get where that comes from. I definitely had that story somewhere along the way. So, um, yeah, so I thought it would be great for us all to come together and um, and unpack some things and, and hopefully inspire and encourage some people out there who are maybe um, curious or sorting out. Um, so, Jasmine, we'll start with you. What was your introductory to polyamory? So... My introduction to polyamory was before I even knew the word. I was kind of fooling around with this guy that I didn't think I would ever date. He was totally, we're like two different worlds apart. He was wild, crazy, smoked, he drank, he cursed like a sailor. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to have anything to do with you. Long story short, we ended up having a motorcycle accident. And I ended up caring for him during months while he was recovering and started to see a different side of him. Mm. And along the way, I formed affection. And, we, and then one day he, I came and he had the table set and, you know, dinner and asked me if I would at least try to date him for, mm-hmm. you know, a few months and see where it, go, where it goes. And I was like, okay, I'll try. And he had a friend that would come over. And me and his friend every once in a while would flirt a little bit. And one day he was just like, you know what, honey? You can fuck him if you want to fuck him. I don't care, <laughs> you know? And that just blew my world because yeah. I was like, never. I came from a really religious, you know, mm-hmm. small box. We, that was not even a possibility. Yeah. And to think that another man would be okay with me sleeping with a friend of his and yeah. knowing about it. So that was the seed that was planted in my world to start exploring. And it was so, it felt so natural. Like, yeah. 
that's actually possible. Mm-hmm. Um, that opened, and my first experience with polyamory was years later when I moved to Atlanta and met a man. He was a tantric, a DACA, mm-hmm. and he had two other lovers. And hey, and I already, I was already exploring open relationship, but mm-hmm. actually polyamory was different because open relationship, you could kind of like, I have someone over here we just don't talk about. And I know you have people but we don't talk about, you know, it's that whole little thing. And polyamory was just like, oh, I could be present, open mm-hmm. and share and tell how I'm feeling today and what's coming up for me. And they can share. And that was a whole new experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, that is. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Looking at like jealousy. Okay. Is it there? And but what I found with exploring that. I got to see sometimes it was like almost like this other person wanted me to be jealous or to mm. do certain things. And I got to see what was mine and what was projected right. at me. And I was like, oh, wait, am I really a jealous person? Yeah. And the more I started looking at it, it was like, I'm not. And I could, I love that my partner is mm-hmm. enjoying themselves and that they're getting mm-hmm. more love because when we're all functioning from that love space, oh, it's just the love is just expanded beyond. Yeah. And it's like, you feel like your heart is just growing. <laughs> and I, that's the only way I can explain it. It's just so beautiful. So yeah. I love that. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. And Taylor Mirror, would you like to share your story? Sure. Um, you know, I think it, my story begins with growing up with parents who were back and forth adults to each other and just like um you know I can remember as a child like walking in on my parents doing this and you know the and they were so sorry you know and they were it was, it was like a negative thing that was occurring so in my mind it became a negative thing um and obviously it was negative <laughs> the way it was being done but then as I got older I realized like in when I would be in relationships, like there was, you know, I also could fall in love with other people and I could see, you know, even the person at the restaurant, I saw my heart expand for this person, you know, like the the server or the bartender, or it's like, wow, my heart is real big. And, you know, because of the way I grew up and the way it was presented to me, if you love anyone, you know, more than one, Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, I struggled with shame and guilt around it. And, you know, oh, she's a slut or she's a whore or, you know, you just, or, or you can't get enough or, you know, you're insecure. So you need all of these people, you know, all of these lies that, which maybe some of them were true, <laughs> but, um, I, I couldn't find freedom in the feeling, um, that I was having to love more people. Mm. And, uh, later on, I, I did marry my first husband. Um, and again, uh, you know, my reasons for marrying were all the wrong ones. Cause I was married at 20 mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, but quick, like in, in my relationship with him, I, I saw like where my eye would wander mm-hmm. and, you know, I would, crave other other things and so immediately and and we had a child together and I never wanted my child to live through what I had lived through Mm -hmm. the back and forth and watching your parents do this to each other Mm -hmm. and so I divorced 
um, my first husband because I still couldn't find freedom in it. And, um, but then uh, later on, now I'm 33, I'm remarried and it's come up again for me, but in a healthier way, just because I've, um, in my own evolution, I've come to um, a place where I feel my heart has been healed in a lot of ways where now um, I began to seek out, okay, what is this? Because I'm not a whore or I'm not a slut. I'm not a bad person. I'm not. And now I'm even secure in myself. Like I'm not even needing this, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a desire to expand in my love and to love more people. And so my journey with Polly began almost a year ago. And I met a man who opened my heart in new ways. And I immediately just was completely honest with my husband and told him exactly how I feel. I'm still in love with you. Nothing. And it was at the like best place of my husband and I's relationship too. Like we were just, I mean, sex was amazing. Like we, we have two toddlers, but we were past the diaper stage and we were just like, you know, they were sleeping in their beds. <laughs> we were getting more time together. And then this comes up. And so I just knew um, that I needed to follow through and follow through it with integrity and to be honest about my feelings. And I trusted that my husband loved me enough to make his own decision, whether it was for him or not, but to trust that I was coming from a place of love. And so, yeah, a year later, my husband and I are doing amazing with it. Yes. It's always a winding road, right? It's Mm -hmm. a roller coaster, (laughs) but so is monogamy. So is everything else in life, you know? And so we're finding, we're finding, ways to um do it and have fun with it and to make our relationship grow deeper and so yeah that's where we're at Mm, thank you for sharing yeah and grand mimi radiance (laughs) um first i just want to say that um a lot of what both of you have stated really landed with my heart so thank you for sharing my story or sharing yes my story and our (laughs) story and your stories. Um, also, Christiana, I just wanted to say thank you for hosting this and having me in this uh, beautiful panel. Um, mine probably started when I was four. I really liked a little four-year-old boy. And then I really liked a 22-year-old guy at the same time. And then it just grew from there. But back then, it wasn't like... Um, and the 22-year-old guy was like your cute little sister, just to, just to be clear. But um, the, uh, around 16, uh, 15, I started dating. My mom said, my mom and dad were both like, listen, you're going to meet a lot of people in your life. The likelihood that of all the billion people that are out here that you're going to find somebody that's equally compatible, there's going to be way more than 10 of those people. So instead of thinking in terms of like one person at a time, just think of your heart is very big and open. The other key piece that I recognized at a young age is that my parents didn't just love one child, Mm. that they loved all of us. And I was like, that's strange that, you know, that it works in that, that there's people who are one to one, but then you can love more than one child. So how do you separate your heartstrings from all of that? So that was one of my first, some of my first introductions to it. Um, Second big introduction was making out with a whole bunch of guys. <laughs> that was 
was so much fun. I love making out. So like all that vibrancy. And I recognize that that's my creation energy and how much faster and how many, how much more magnetism there was. Third was uh, being a touring rock star and being like, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many people to adore within this world. This is amazing. So um, those were pretty much my introductions to that world of, uh, and I never, I didn't be, I think I tried monogamy a few times for four weeks or six weeks at a time. And it just never worked. Like I, I recognize subtle energies and I tried to build integrity around subtle energies. So if I'm thinking about another person, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. And if I'm recognizing emotions and things in my heart space, I'm going to share that with my partner. And I try to pick partners uh, that I can build that honest integrity with. Like if I'm having a great dream about somebody, I'm going to be like, listen, I just had this great dream. And you're, and, um, and I, I try to share those spaces with, um, deep integrity and enthusiasm instead of like the, ah, that sticky, gross ah, stuff. Um, but I also appreciate the mess and moving through the mess together. So that's a lot compartmentalized. There you go. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. That was beautiful. <laughs> um, so what I love that you all touched on you know, is this idea of, of the transparency of the, you know, someone's like, Hey, this is okay. And you're like, I, and I have integrity around this. And, um, and what, cause I think that's a big misconception, um, is this idea that polyamory or open relating is like a means in which to just find somebody else. It's like, okay, well, I don't really want to leave this relationship. So I'm going to like hunt while I'm still here. And then when I find someone else, I'm going to like ditch you and move on to the next thing. And it's like, that's not what, you know, the integrity is, is the ability to be transparent about, and, and the expansion was the other big piece that you all touched on that I think is like such the key point is that there's so much love to give. Why, you know, have we instilled as a society that it's like no you only can give in this container and like anything else is yeah then it gets judged um so i would love to dive in a little bit more about the the deconstructing of the social ideas of like this is how it's supposed to go and how that helped you to show up in your integrity and what that means to to be able to be transparent um so we can just ping pong around whoever wants to like jump in and and share. So I'll share. For me, it started with really I, I did some books. That was one of the things. Okay, I got a bunch of books, all the all the books, you know, the opening more than one, the ethical, mm -hmm. you know, slut, the all of the and just read because when I got married, my husband, my former husband divorced now said he was okay with me being poly and that he was open to exploring if either he'll just be monogamous but I could so but at the same time there was also curiosity so there was a lot of reading in both of us to, but I had already had acquired a lover at that time mm -hmm. so there was a lot of that and just really looking at a lot of self-examination was involved because mm -hmm. I had to constantly look okay what am I feeling okay is this even mine okay how much of this is you know, this realities. And the more I did that, the more I got to really like chipping away at 
what is mine and what's been put on me for all mm-hmm. these years. Yeah. And then I really saw that, you know, these are just ideas that we've bought, you know, and we made so real and been locking ourselves into this because that's all we knew. Mm-hmm. What, and I was like, what else is there? What else is beyond yeah. what we know? And exploring, and but a lot of communication was also very helpful because as I explored, as I, something would come up and I would yeah. talk about it. Hey, you know, when you did this or when that happened, I kind of felt like this. This kind of showed up for me. Mm-hmm. And then there's the triggers, you know, <laughs> brought something up from some past relationship where someone did do something like that. And in monogamy, there would be that keeping you on the side while, you know, I'm looking for someone else. And then, you know, they finally meet that person and then it ends. So there, there might be some triggers still and you're in polyamory because those things have happened. So mm-hmm. being able to talk about that and say, hey, this came up and then really looking at, but is this real right now? Right. You know, and that was the difference for me. It's like, okay, really had to take everything. It's almost like a magnifying glass to everything for the first you know, couple of months or a year. And then it started moving easily afterwards. Just that trust and that open communication. But also just that intuition started mm. building that even more. My intuition, like I can sense and feel. When you, especially when you're intimate with someone, you feel so much. It's like for me, polyamory is like a spider web. You feel everything on it, and every, every little thing that lands, the other person is going to feel or sense or be aware of. You know, you have to really cut off your awareness not to. So that's yeah. the, I guess the beauty of it. It could also be intense sometimes, but that's yeah. you know, for me. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. I think I, my partner had somebody who they were kind of talking to and hanging out with and, and she had come over and like, I came home and I was like, I don't like the way the sheets smell. Like I didn't like the way, like the smell that, you know, that was left behind. I was like, we need to change the sheets. And I was already having this kind of like, I don't know, something doesn't feel you know, and I was like, I need to check myself. Like, I'm going to go in, like, I'm not going to say that there's anything going on with, with this person. Like, I'm going to do all my inner work. Obviously, like, she's triggered, like, what is, you know, what is it triggering? And I like went through all the things and I was like, okay, okay. Um, and then like one day she left me like this long voicemail and was like, I judge you and I judge your lifestyle. And I was like, okay, so now I know it isn't me (laughs) really. Like I did my due diligence and like, clearly like I was, my spidey senses were right when it was like, your intuition was like, yeah, no, this person is not driving. Like there's like discourse there. And, um, and so then it was helpful to just be like, oh, okay, great. Well, thank you for saying that. And now like, I don't actually allow that in my world. So, you know, um, and, you know, and my partner's free to make his choices. And he made the choice of like, yeah, I don't want to be in relationship with somebody that has, you know, um, judgment towards you. But yeah, it, it was really tricky because it was like, you know, I'm I'm not going to like veto anyone like, you know, like your choices are your choices. But but yeah, having that moment of like, ooh, like it felt sticky and and wanting to like give him space to discover whatever he needed to discover and you know and and let people show up as they are um but yeah it was that moment where i was like that's my intuition like <laughs> and you do you can't help but feel like that you know that connection we're we're all connected i think that's part of the gift that you know all of us on some realm do energy work and so we feel the the greater like we're connected to all of it but then when you 
are in that deeper intimate relationship it's like oh yeah no i can feel what's what's happening um and in positive beautiful ways too because you know my partner's been with people and come home and i'm like oh you're just like glowing like, <laughs> like yeah. you got that juicy mojo rubbed off on you from, yeah. from some some divine uh tantric goddess so um but yeah i would love to hear um from the rest of y'all but your how you navigated the the social side of untangling and, and showing up in your integrity thank you i i'd love to go taylor yeah. you good with that um so my i have a certain level of natural paranoia mm -hmm. i don't know that it goes into jealousy very often i've been married 24 years to the same guy but I recognize this past year, it's probably been more like five years. We've never really matched sexually. He's really into a different lifestyle than I'm into. And so we've constructed a life around the 99% of what we do have in common. And what I'm finding is the more that I'm touring and traveling and going outside now that I've raised our children, um, I'm, I'm more along the lines of um, how do I not, my, like one of my early childhood pieces based on a long lineage of history around abuse and trauma in the family lineage was shut down and withhold intimacy in terms of friendships and in terms of bonding so that the other person gets pushed away and then, um, and then the walk, does that, did that land? Does that make sense? Like if I withhold friendship and, and intimacy and don't show up in terms of holding hands, um, if I push enough, the person will walk away from me. So I know myself enough to know that I, I set up key points in order to try to create relationship patterns where I'm pushing um, as a defense mechanism. Um, so this past year for me has been about deconstructing my paranoia and recognizing that his, that my partner's relationship is, um, really helping him to thrive mm -hmm. because it's a magnet yeah. for creation energy, which is amazing mm -hmm. while also being super aware of not pushing further, not purposefully pushing him out the door. So it's this, you know, in terms of um, what Jasmine was saying of this web, it's how am I showing up and, and creating opportunities for intimacy when we are spending time together and be, and reimagining what that looks like after 24 years together. Um, because I'll always, based on my early childhood blueprint, I'll have reasons to leave continuously. But what am I nourishing in order to broaden and in order to create an even bigger space um, beyond just sex and get my precious needs met of having a really high sex drive <laughs> and not making it about him. So, um, so there's a lot of deconstruction that has happened for me and a lot of deconstructing specifically around paranoia and creating scenarios in order to find reasons to um, push people away from me to keep myself protected. 
-hmm. So um, that's a deep dive and uh, I'm complete. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for that. That's so valid. I, I've caught myself in that loop as well. Um, as a trauma survivor, playing that avoidant attachment game, like, I'm going to push you, will you come chase after me? Um, and so yeah, so it's taken me a while to untangle that and to see when that it's like, Oh, I see now at the the yellow flag of like, up, oh, there's that tendency wanting to come up and and just loving it just being like oh wow that's the part of me that needs to feel safe like okay how can i check in and what can i do to help create safety so i don't repeat the pattern that that gives me the thing that i don't really want <laughs> but but i think is making me feel safe so yeah, yeah. so i appreciate you acknowledging that yeah thank you for sharing yeah. that yes thank you miss taylor yeah well, what was coming up for me was, um, I, oh, first, I want to say the book, Polysecure, mm -hmm. um, what you said, Mimi, is making me, is reminding me of that book. I don't know if you guys have read that, but it yes. was like, it was a savior for me in in a moment of like, it's one of, I would say that it's probably my favorite besides spiritual poly polyamory, the book, mm -hmm. which is like a 45 minute read. Um, besides that one, I think it's my favorite poly book and there's a lot out there, right? <laughs> like there's a lot. And I just resonated with it so much in my intention in polyamory, because I believe we all have different intentions, right? Um, so yeah. And then your, your, your earlier question, Christian, just like how socially, you know, how, how has it been, you know, going against the norms and, um, I feel like if I remember right, that was your question. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, having children um, and, you know, having the perfect, like we have the home and the husband and the wife, and now I have three kids. And um, it's definitely, that has probably been one of the biggest struggles for me, giving myself permission to be different. And there are a lot of, there is a big poly community here and I'm very grateful for that, but when they're not around, <laughs> there's an even bigger monogamous community, you know, that I feel, you know, at, at some points in my journey to today, it's like, I, I felt like all eyes were on me, you know, there was so much judgment, but, you know, looking inward in that and seeing how it's actually judgments that I'm having <laughs> and getting to a place where I don't give a fuck, you know, what anybody else thinks, you know, it's like about my happiness because, you know, being selfish about my happiness and being selfish about what I came to be in this world is going to give everybody the best tailor, right? So that's kind of the point that I got, got to. And even with, even coming to that point with, you know, getting there with society was a little bit easier, but then even getting there to the point with my children and my husband, like, Hey, this is who I am. Love me, you know, and, and finding the truth in that, that, that's what I want to teach my children to be. You know, I don't want them to ever not be who they are because they're afraid they might hurt someone or, you know, they're, they're afraid that somebody else can't deal with it, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. that's huge. Um, I think it's interesting. Everyone's kind of touched to some degree on, on this idea of like, it is who I am. Um, and this is something I've been sitting with, you know, if, if polyamory, um, is similar to, you know, like you're born queer, you're born, uh, you know, homosexual or trans, like you, this is like born into you. Um, 
And for me, I feel like that's a yes. I feel, you know, when I look back at my attempts at monogamy, where I constantly cheated on people, um, yeah, when I think back, like I love Mimi started with a story of like four years old. I was like, yeah, no, I could even go back that far of like being in kindergarten, being like, there was this boy I liked and there was this girl I liked and like, you know, um, in high school and like having friends and you know, hooking up with some guy and then, um, breaking up with him. And then my friend would hook up with him. And like, what I really wanted was like all of us to be like connecting. And, and I just didn't have the language or the, the courage at that time to say like, this is what I really desire. So I feel like for me, it really, like I was born this way. Like I was born with a capacity and an ability to expand love. And then I just kind of caught up with people who were outside of societal norms and like someone was like oh hey there's there's a language there's a structure for this there's like this is a style um as opposed to just like you know the default that i was taught was like oh you go find a mate you mate for life somebody dies and that that's the, <laughs> like the end of the story um so I, i'm curious to hear your thoughts if, if it also feels like something that this you know you were just this was born into you um or yeah, you're, you know, if, if you see it as a, a learned thing or, or combination of, of those. Yeah, I definitely think I was born, yeah. born into it, you know, like, like you said, hindsight, mm -hmm. when we didn't have language, we didn't know, really, we were just kind of trusting the people around us to tell us what was up, right? So to go back to before all, all that bullshit was put inside of my head. Yeah. I definitely, you know, was, I was born this way, you know? Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I feel like I'm actually dying inside if I'm not in an open relationship because I've tried. And there's this, there's such a smallness in my world where I feel like I'm suffocating. Mm -hmm. So being able to even just having male friends or female friends that I could be, even for not being sexual, just being able to be intimate and free. Even when I was in a marriage, it was just like, <sighs> I could breathe. And I, first, I was married twice. So my first marriage, I ended up having an affair because I was literally dying inside. I was like 20, 21. And he was all work and no fun. And I started having a male friend and I, for the longest, I tried not to sleep with him. And we just like, let's just be friends. And then one day, you know, he got a hotel and I went and I just felt like I just became alive. I was like, oh. I felt like I took a breath of fresh air. Like I was suffocating and I, I was a better mother because to his son, I was a better wife to him. And it was just like, yes, I cannot do monogamy. It just does not work for me. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if, um, are you complete, Jasmine? Yes. Okay. I, I wonder, uh, for me, um, I was kind of always on the outside of society anyway. Mm -hmm. And I was the youngest in a big family by far. So I was always kind of living in my own world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why it was easier for me to just be okay with being a rebel and not being in agreement with the way that everybody else did things. Mm -hmm. The second piece that I'd like to, that I question is, um, and I'm very delicate around the subject, but I recognize how often I do deep dives with people, especially people in monogamy who are telling me that they are um, monogamous, but 
um, but don't recognize um, emotional intimacy with others as um, as a form of relating. Mm-hmm. And they don't re- recognize that there's sexual flirting <clears throat> as a way of relating. And so they're doing all of the things around non-monogamy, but they don't call it non-monogamy. They don't call it anything. And they don't even, that's not even on their grid system. So for the few who have transitioned and are broadening the world of language for non-monogamy, me personally, I'm trying to create places and safety containers where people can actually speak from their heart Mm -hmm. and grow safely with language so that we can be more inclusive with humans of, of, wow, that's your experience. And instead of the guilt and shame around that, or instead of not recognizing it whatsoever, um, can we have some gentle conversations here um, so that everybody can walk away and, and be thriving further in relating with each other? So I'm, I'm trying to like bridge that conversation. <laughs> Did that land? Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, <clears throat> there's this idea in monogamy that this like cheating is like another penis in another vagina. And, and there's all these subtle ways in which we can connect that I think sometimes we hold ourselves back from receiving or giving ourselves permission to explore. And that's actually things that can feed us. And it, it has nothing to do with physical penetrative sex as, as like you're saying is like, you know, there's something great about flirting. Like we get a lot of like creative juiciness and, and it's playful and it brings out that like primal spunky side of us. Like we, you know, to have that space to be able to flirt and it not have to go anywhere or not be a threat to anyone else or to have someone where you can deep dive into like a really heartfelt conversation And it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm emotionally cheating on you. It's like, no, I'm allowing myself to exchange in connection. You know, we're here to connect. And and yeah, so I love that. I think that's a great observation to just like have that dialogue. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, throwing open the doors to have like orgies in your house, you know, but it's just like giving yourself some some space. And um, for me, this, you know. I'm all about like, how are you designing your relationship? Even if you're in a monogamous relationship, like how are you designing it? Not just like going on, you know, Disney default mode to what you think, you know, or the Hallmark channel said uh, your grandma told you a relationship is supposed to look like, like how are you actively choosing and deciding how are we designing this? What does it look like? And that's going to keep changing because we keep changing. We keep growing. Like you said, you're in, in 24 years. I mean, you are not the same person you were 24 years like I've only been married like five years I'm not the same person I was five years ago so you know this conscious effort to design and continually choose to co-create a relationship um, is my hope that you know that having conversations about polyamory and open relationships will inspire even monogamous people to say like hey yeah let's check in like what exactly is it that we want here? And, and, you know, do I need someone who I can just go play tennis with? Cause you don't really like playing tennis and I love playing tennis and I want to go have a tennis partner. Um, that there's that space to, to really be honest about what it is that lights you up and that it's okay. If your primary nesting partner isn't all of those things, you know, that, that, that doesn't mean anything's 
wrong or no one, you know, someone's bad or not like giving you what you need. It's like, we're, it takes a village. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's jump into jealousy for a moment. And something that I've sat with is, you know, the idea of jealousy versus envy, you know, jealousy in, uh, as I define it is, is somebody has something and, and I don't want them to have it because I don't think there's, there's enough of it to go around or, um, versus like envy to me is like, I, it making me aware of like, Oh, you have something I like it's shiny and pretty. And I want one too. I want you to have it and you should have the shiny, pretty thing and enjoy it. But I also want to go find now you've inspired me to go find my own shiny, pretty thing. Um, and so I'm curious to see how, <laughs> how that's navigated for you. Like, if if there is a distinction in your world between jealousy and envy and and when something shows up what does it how have you unpacked that hmm. i i'd love to start there yeah mm-hmm. um i've really gotten to look at my rage points uh these past five years and shifting from what are my precious needs um i recognize that when i have that level of paranoia that equates to jealousy that that there are precious needs that are not being met on my end. And what is the the key piece that I've come to is what is the storyline that I have told myself that I am agreeing to? And I can slow down to say this one more time. Yeah. What is the storyline that I am creating for myself and that I am agreeing to that tells me that I don't deserve that level of completion and happiness? Mm-hmm. And and I love the word happiness because it's happiness. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and so the story that I was raised with is that if a woman has a high sex drive, um, she has to suffer because that means that she is, and then it's naming all of the things that she is. And so at 50 this year, I am, I just actually booked my ticket to get to California for happiness. (laughs) And it's, it's moving away from this is about the other person to thanking the other person for showing up because I have precious needs that I have not attended to. So that's how I'm reconstructing my world from my rage point. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's the key. The key point there is having your needs met, mm-hmm. because I, that's somewhere I feel that there's a. I don't know if I've really been jealous. That's never really been like in my world. But there's the insecurity kicks in sometimes, or the envy. And then when I look at it, what is the key thing? It's always been where my needs weren't met, or something is missing. There's a there's something that I didn't get or it's not being fulfilled with that dynamic and then I start getting like this a need or this you know relaxed story kicks in mm-hmm. and then I, I might look at something else and be like well I'm, you know there's that envy there because mm-hmm. they're having that and I don't mm-hmm. because there's that you know the lie of lack yeah. and then that could create like that like that uneasiness or you know the problems can start it's like that little seed that spreads you know starts carrying all the other issues with it (laughs) has been from from me whenever I notice it's been that thing so I when I when I comes in it's like okay stop and look 
where, where is it where my needs not being met or where did I decide that they should be met by this person or that mm. person? You know, and then what else can I incorporate where I'm still having my needs met? Because they may not come from this person or that person or that person. I may need to open up even more, you know, <laughs> because of, you know, with monogamy and being used to that pattern of, oh, let's say you have three lovers. Hmm. Now it's going to be slutty if I go get another one, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, do you need four? <laughs> but what if you have three, but you just don't have the time for all three or your schedules don't meet? So, you know, <laughs> it's okay to be slutty. I give myself yeah. permission to be, you know, to have it be okay to be slutty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to have my needs met in whatever ways required. It's going to be honoring of me and everyone else involved. Mm-hmm. Yes. Drench that creation energy. Thank you. Yes. I love that. <laughs> love that. Taylor, you want to jump in? Yeah. Yeah. I, I resonate with you guys too on jealousy, not being really something that I have to like, but like you said, insecurity definitely is a worthiness um, that kind of makes me like 10, which is why I feel like this is a part of my path, polyamory, because I have a tendency to just, I could be alone for the rest of my life. (laughs) Like, you know, like just take me away into a mountain, like on my (laughs) down days, I just want to be by myself. Um, But I'll speak on, how jealousy feels when it's directed towards you um because that is something that I have to I feel like the the other side of it is what's real hard for me and just understanding that jealousy is an emotion and it's just you know it's a it's a it's a something that the other person is just walking through and not taking it on myself you know, as something I need to do in order to cure (laughs) my partner's jealousy, Mm -hmm. but learning to walk and hold hands with it and not be afraid of it (laughs) has really been, um, it's been a beautiful walk with my husband, you know, to be able to hold his hand while he walks through. Oh, wow. That is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I like the idea, you know, of, of opening versus contracting, like just the ability in those moments when something comes up and it's like, yeah, is this an insecurity? Is this a sense of scarcity? Is this a, a rage? Like where, you know, to untangle the story and see when it hits me, if my want is to contract, how can I witness that and open through it? Because um, I think that's where in any relationship, especially with the relationship with ourselves where that's where shit starts to get (laughs) shitty (laughs) when it's like oh this was disturbing me and I don't want to feel this way so I'm gonna bury like bear down and and hide in even deeper and it's like yeah that's not gonna make it go away (laughs) um it's just gonna make it fester so so the ability I love how you all talked about yeah this this ability to like expand out and and open up through that through the stories of of you know outside ideas of of women and um, I feel like I need to do a whole episode on like untangling the story the idea of being a slut and a whore and like reclaiming that that's that's like a whole nother show (laughs) but yeah just to really like honor that that ability to expand in in the face of something that's challenging you um which brings me to my next 
thought, which is compersion, which compersion is a term that um, I believe came out of the world of polyamory and open relationships, um, kind of seen as being the opposite of jealousy and envy is the joy that you experience in seeing other people that you love being happy. And I feel like it's not just about sexual romantic encounters. I feel like compersion across the board, like somebody recently, um, I'm going on a trip to Costa Rica and I was telling someone and they, her and I got into a conversation about how, like you can tell when you tell somebody good news about yourself, if they're like snarky, <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, good for you, you know, versus like genuinely being like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> and this idea of the the abundance and the plentifulness of the world that we we live in, that you can like have joy for other people's joy. Um, so what has been your own personal experience with compersion and how have you seen it? interject in your life um both in your polyamory world and, and just in general and how you've you know walk walk along that path for me i think the desire to have people be happy for me gives me like the grace to have compersion for others like that's i don't know i feel like it kind of fuels mm -hmm. that because i know what it's like and i trust myself and like I don't know. There's something with that. When I hear compersion, it's like, you know, I, I want to be happy for people because I want people to be happy for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mimi. Oh, okay. I'm, I love compersion, especially as it relates to sexuality, but I'm really, I mean, I feel like I'm humanity's huge cheerleader anyway. Um, so I'm like, yes, you know, I, I am acutely aware also around um, seeing the happiness at, uh, in my partner mm -hmm. while also recognizing, okay, am I like 100% or am I like 76%? Mm -hmm. And so really amplifying whatever percentage and leaning into vulnerability around amplifying their happiness. Because I, I might there might be times in my life where I come across a scenario where I'm only 60% happy about it. And then I may have stories about the other 40%. Mm -hmm. And so I just brain chemically, I try to lean in to the 60% and then grow that mm -hmm. further and deepen that further, um, especially with un uh, understanding conversations, um, safety containers. So mm -hmm. yes, yes, I am a full fledged, uh, this is a big adventure. Let's jump in and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Compersion. Yes. yes. <laughs> and what about you, Jasmine? So compersion for me, I find it trickles into all of my life, like mm -hmm. from friends to lovers, like when I'm feeling joy for them and their experience, almost as if I'm not really vicariously living yeah. with it, but that energy is almost like that I'll have that. And mm -hmm. I can kind of like that energy of I'll have that. Yeah. And I'm rooting you, rooting for you. It's like it's happening in my own life. Mm -hmm. So it expands, it, can, it expands my money, it expands my joy, it expands everything, just kind of becomes bigger when I'm willing to be in that space of convergence. So it just grows. Mm -hmm. And that's the gift it's been for me. And being able to be with intimate partners even more because it's just, the sexualness, but also the love, the energy, the heart space, the expansion. Mm -hmm. 
in my world and their world and then that trickles out to their world and their partner's world and it's like reaching out to the world so it's like if we can be that you know it's just it continues to just expand so yeah I love that thank you yeah well, I was just going to say like compersion too, for me, hearing you, Jasmine, made me think of like, uh, once you've experienced like what you get from it, it's kind of hard not to like, right. like when you see the magic that comes from like being happy for someone else, like, and that you do get to have it, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you almost are giving this gift that's returning right back to you, mm-hmm. you know? makes it a little easier, I guess. Yeah, it goes back to the spider web idea that in, you know, so if, if joy is flowing, then joy is also flowing in the thread to which you're you're also connected, you know. So it's it's that expansion that, you know, that openness breeds more openness and we're just making the containers even bigger and they just get to be overflowing with love that spills out into your cup and your cup and it's like Oprah, it's like everybody gets love. You get love and you get love. <laughs> um so yeah it's just such a different idea than this thing of like go find one person to be all of the things and and if your needs aren't being met well tough shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um so yeah i definitely appreciate the the ability to to untangle that and and see that the the more we're willing to challenge these notions the the bigger the container for love gets and and the more love there really is in the world and then you realize what an infinite resource love is love is not this like finite thing like sure like scheduling that's kind of a finite thing and you know there's some like technical logistical things that come with like polyamory and open relationships that are more finite um but love is not one of those. <laughs> love is a, love is an ever flowing resource. Um, so we have uh, just a few minutes left. I would love to just pop around and for anyone listening that's like wanting to get started, wanting to like approach this conversation, whether they're single or they're in a partnership, just, you know, what would be something, whether um, I know you all mentioned some books, techniques, books, ideas, just anything that would be like, Hey, here's, here's my two cents on a way that you might want to get started. Um, whether that's sitting with yourself or external support. Self-examination is a good start. Just really sit with yourself first, go over, do you naturally have a capacity or desire to love more than one person, you know, even if it's just friends, but then, you know, how, how much, how big is your heart? Because there are some people who are like, very like closed off. No, I cannot. I'm just going to be, and they might never really be able to do polyamory because it's just the space that they function from naturally that, or they don't want to go up anything beyond that. But if you have that personality or that heart space, that's just always like expanding out, reaching out and wants to just give and connect. Chances are you might have, you know, what to, you know, <laughs> more ease with being polyamory. So I would have, you know, I would suggest that's the place to start mm-hmm. just with yourself. If you're with a relationship, in a relationship, check in with that person. You guys can, you know, look at it together. But first with yourself, then with your partner, if you have one. And then lots of books and researches. There's a lot. Find the one that speaks to you <laughs> rather than, because yeah. there's, there's so many I can suggest. But they're going to be, everyone has their own direction that they're going. So I would say really trust your intuition. 
and mm. get a book that speaks to you. Thank you. Mimi? Um, I have two pieces. One is um, kind of going off of what people were talking about. One is uh, look at your suffering cycle and see if you're agreeing to a suffering cycle that's not necessary anymore in relationships. Um, oh, three points. The second is uh, build a community around integrity, around people that you can truly be honest with, and uh, including yourself. And um, the last piece is uh, invite in conversations that are challenging and scary, but do it with a support team. So uh, I know you offer those services, Christiane. I know that Jasmine offers those services. Um, I'm reachable as well. I love having these conversations with people, but um, I don't recognize, I don't, I recommend doing it with a team of people who have mapped this out so that, um, so that that fear zone that usually is the fight, flight, freeze, fawn part of us, um, that there's a map that can help th people through that with a bit more grace. So those would be my recommendations. And invitations, those would be my warm invitations to consider. Thank you. Thank you. Taylor, you want to jump in? Sure, I'll just say, you know, for me, my experience, um, just to know that fear is a doorway to freedom mm -hmm. and whatever we're afraid of. And it's an invitation. It's an invitation to look deeper because there's nothing to be afraid of in love. Nothing, nothing at all. Right. Oh, so beautiful. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you all again for being a part of this conversation. I'm truly, truly honored. It was just so deep and warming and my heart expanded listening to all of you share and reflect. Um, so just truly, truly grateful. Um, I'll be sure to put in the, um, the podcast info ways to reach all of the amazing goddesses that you've heard here today, Jasmine and Mimi and Taylor. Thank you all for being here. Um, and thank you all for listening. I am your intimacy architect, Christiane Bella, and this has been Unbuckled, Unbuckling the World of Polyamory and Open Relationships. Wherever you are, I hope your heart is opening as best as can be and you keep expanding with curiosity and continuing that conversation to find out what really lights you up because the world deserves your most sparkling self to shine. Thank you all for being here and have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon. how much sound you hear all the time. Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcin Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. 
Bluenile.com. Are you tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do. Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159.